All right, welcome to episode eight of the Katie and Ryan Show. This is going to be an amazing podcast. Are you excited, Katie? I'm the most excited I've ever been in my entire life. I could totally tell. Absolutely. Well, happy Friday, at least that's the day we're recording. <laughs> um, I'm a little concerned just because it's, we're recording early, it's currently 8.30 in the morning, um, and I have a strong desire for an adult beverage, and I'm a little... <laughs> wow, this is a, not even after hours, this is before hours. I could use a cocktail. <laughs> I personally... There's worse ideas. Yeah. <laughs> debatable. Debatable. <laughs> debatable. So, um, we're going to... This is going to be an awesome podcast. Uh, if you remember our last time we did it, it was... Uh, we talked about the home selling process. And it was... I thought it was a pretty darn good podcast. Just say yeah, so myself. Yeah, I know. Toot, toot. Toot, toot. Anyway, so this podcast is going to be the home buying process and, instead. And... It's going to be awesome for you first-time home buyers. This is going to be a great podcast to just review, glean some insights. If you learn one good thing about it, it's worth listening to. Um, if it's if you're not a first-time home buyer, maybe you're a second-time home buyer, third-time home buyer, or I don't know, a tenth-time home buyer, and you're old and forgetting everything. <laughs> you need a refresher. That's what we're here for. So, Katie, before we dive into the home buying process, do you want to give a market update yes so we thought it would be befitting of us to provide you guys with the current mortgage rates provided by darren goldstein of jerry Craig Mortgage. Ooh, plug plug do, do, do. <laughs> um we are currently at 4.375 for the 15 year and 4.875 for the 30 year fix oh nice cool so it's still a good time to buy right it is still a good time to buy you are correct well when should i when is not a good time when is it panic time um, oh, meteors are falling. Why are we panicking? <laughs> Does it have to be an option? With no. the right realtor, you don't have to panic. Even if the meteors are falling. Even if the meteors are falling. <laughs> cool. So let's dive into the home buying process. So uh, very similar to last time when we started the podcast on the home selling process, um, the very first step on the home buying process is the same to me. Uh, and it's figuring out the why. Why are you buying your home? And analyzing the situation and having direction. Um, Katie, do you have any insights on kind of what you think? Well, you know, you may think, you know, we're not ready, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anyone is ever really ever ready for anything at all. Yeah. It's just a matter of, is the timing somewhat right? And are we in a good position to buy? And then of course it's your why. If you have an astounding why, maybe like you have a baby on the way or something along those lines, that's gonna help you throughout this process and really knowing why you're purchasing a home and what is motivating you to do that and reminding yourself of that before, during, and after the process is gonna be essential to kind of being able to take a step back and realize I'm doing this to myself because no, no, totally. I think it's it's just so important to get that, like you said, the because, why. the When it comes down to talking to your family, talking to, you know, just figure out the situation. Is it the downside? Is, is it, I don't want to rent anymore. I want right. to buy. Um, I don't want to live with my parents anymore. <laughs> they keep stealing my things. You know, whatever the reason may be, uh, figuring out that direction, making sure that when you have your real estate professional, your agent, your you're communicating that to them so they can serve you better. If it's if it's a case of, hey, you know what? I need some space for mom. Uh, she needs to not be doing my laundry or something like that. I need a mom to do my laundry. <laughs> You'd be surprised. I'd be horrible. Um, 
No, just, just communicating the reason to your to your real estate professional. Hey, I want to buy a house. I want to be closer to work. My commute is important to me. Uh, and if, if there's a significant other involved and trying to find like a happy medium between like, hey, they work here. I work there. We need to kind of find something in the middle ground. Right. The more you communicate those detail type things to your agent, that's going to help out as well. Instead of just like, I want to see this. I want to see this. Right. I want to see this. Right. And, you know, that goes for kind of just communication in general. If you have something you're extremely passionate about, passionate about and you don't communicate as to why it's important to you the other person's not going to understand and there's just going to be friction um so just communicate you know remind your realtor like why you're doing this and what inspires you and they'll be able to support you 100 percent and a lot of people when they're when they when you start choosing your the the professionals you're gonna be working with they either know a lender or they might know an agent uh vice versa uh, lean on whichever one you know you have a personal relationship to to find the other I would say right. um, if you know a good lender hey your lender's a buddy you can talk to your lender and say hey do you know someone who services this this city or this region that I'm interested in living in mm-hmm. or on the flip end if you know a good real estate agent someone you like maybe us plug <laughs> um, you can reach out to us and, you, and say hey I need to get a lender I want to get this process started I want to know how much I can qualify for do you know someone, uh, or can you refer someone to me that can help me out with that? And that's what that's what we can do. Right, and you know, you really want to make sure the person you're working with is very honest and trustworthy because anyone who they're associated with is likely to be the same. But don't ever feel like if someone says, "Oh yeah, this is my lender," you have to use them. Mm-hmm. You do not in any way. Mm-hmm. And um, we recommend ours, but you know, at the end of the day, if that's not someone you click with, or maybe you already have a relationship with someone yeah. else, that's completely an option. Our job as a realtor is never, never, never to tell you what to do, but rather support you in what you want to do. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. That that's a really good insight. And chemistry is so underrated. The just making sure you click with each other, whether it's the lender, the real estate professional, whoever it, it's going to be, making sure you guys just have that established foundation of trust with each other. What that knowing that you can count on each other and lean right. on each other for what mm-hmm. you need. That's so critical. And it's going to because guess what? Home buying processes isn't exactly like super super easy. Right. It's a little <laughs> stressful, maybe. Besides what the commercials lead you to believe, it's not pressing a button on your phone and oh, we're at, we're at our house, right? It's it's there's definitely it's it's a process, and you want to make sure you can count on the people around you, and you have a good solid sphere, good environment, good good karma, mm-hmm. good good feels, right. good energy around you. Right. So, uh, when it comes to the next step in the process, um, regardless of you know who you're. Who, who you kind of know or whatnot, the next step would be speaking to a lender and making sure you know where you need to be at in regards to, you know, your purchase price. Where, where are you going to be at? There are so many myths in regards to financing. And Katie, do you want to kind of like touch on some of those? Yeah. Well, a lot of people just as soon as like I recommend speaking to a lender, people are just terrified, yes. which is completely fair because, you know, reaching out to someone, a professional is kind of what makes it real for people. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing people seem to think is that they have to have these extremely high credit scores in order to qualify for any kind of financing. And that's not true at all. Um, we even have cases of our lenders working with someone who maybe doesn't have the best credit for three months, three weeks, two years, you know, like it really, you can't really get started until you look at where you're at and um, credit as much as we want to say, like, it's not an issue. It is something 
that is involved in financing. So if you don't have like a eight something, seven something, you don't have to worry either because there's steps in place for you to be able to raise your credit score in order to purchase, in order to apply to financing. And um, another myth, people think you seem to have to have like 20% down. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I don't have like X amount just laying in my bank account. Or under you know? your mattress. Right, <laughs> you know, um, laying around and most humans don't in this economy. And so <laughs> um, you don't have to have 20% down. You There's so many different types of programs. Um, there's first time home buyers, yes. VA, like yes. there's so many. It doesn't hurt to ask what can I, what do I apply for and what do I qualify for? And and that's the conversation you have with your lender. You, you'll, right. If you're working with a good lender, it's gonna be it's gonna feel like you're almost like at a restaurant with a menu, and you're, they're gonna find the right just fit for you. Right. The, what's gonna be the right situation? And when it comes to choosing the right you know the right loan program or whatever it may be, um, again, don't don't just fall into that myth of that twenty percent. I can't. Ex- Katie mentioned it. I can't emphasize it enough. It's such a uh, <laughs> when people people come to me like oh I can't buy a house I don't have a hundred thousand dollars laying around and it's like oh you might not need a hundred thousand right. dollars you know depending on the, what their what their purchase price is, is going to be so again talk to your lender they can give you programs it can help I will highly recommend you go into our podcast archives and look into I believe it's episode two or three yeah it was one yeah. of the newer ones the the, the, the beginning one of the ones. earlier ones uh, with uh, Darren Goldstein and Dave Smith of Cherry Creek Mortgage and we just totally do it deep dive into the whole uh, lending process and I highly recommend you listen to that one if you want to glean some more insights on that yeah absolutely so after um, well I also did want to mention um, a big thing when you know speaking with your lender determining your price range determining your monthly payment it's not just about so many people get stuck on the monthly payment that oh you know obviously your monthly affordability matters but make sure you're also keeping in mind the total purchase amount making sure you're I guess it's just all, you have the entire picture, the entire landscape of your purchase. So many people get fixated on one or the other. Um, it's And it's easy to, because you're mm-hmm. thinking, because it's easy to quantify things in a month. Right. It's like, oh, okay, well, I get paid this much every two weeks, and okay, okay, I can afford this much house, and okay, I have this much in my savings. And it's mm-hmm. so, so easy to get stuck right. in that. But also making sure that the, just just length of the length of the loan, length of the term of the, and the purchase price amount, you're keeping that in mind as well. Um, and also we will just do a, another quick plug to get Darren Goldstein. Um, he's just a super awesome lender we've worked with. I highly recommend men him. Um, Katie and I have used him and he's just super yeah. awesome. Um, to and, give you an idea of how ambitious and how caring he is, um, he had what kind of procedure done on his brain? No, like, no, something like it was on his... Oh, okay. Well, he had like just finished a procedure... And he, poor guy was still wearing like a weighted vest to like protect him, him his body, like kind of a big deal. And um, he lives in Irvine, so he woke up at like what five or six in yeah. order to be with us at seven to give out donuts. And this man, he just he's very caring. And there's a reason why we work with him is because he meshes so well with us. And we wouldn't recommend him as highly as we do unless we knew for sure he was a good guy. Definitely, definitely. So um, next step. I would say it'd be selecting your agent um, if you haven't already. And again, lean on your lender if, if you need someone you to right. need a recommendation. Uh, chemistry is important. 
that's super underrated, like we've said previously. Being geographically competent right. is very important. You don't want, well, in my experience, out of area agents, they're not as geographically competent and what's going on in community. And you really want like a community expert. Oh, totally. Someone who's, who's on, boots to the ground, knows right. what's going on, mm-hmm. um, knows the city you're interested in, the region you're interested in. Hey, this house is coming onto the market. If they're like a super top tier agent, they might know off market stuff that's exactly. not even not even on the MLS yet, mm-hmm. and that's when you know you're dealing with like a super professional that they're they're trying to market that off. There, there's there's definitely is a pool of properties that aren't you know on the market, ready to get on. Right. And especially in our current market in 2018, that's super seller's market. That could be a huge benefit to a buyer. Because, Absolutely, because it's so competitive. Let me, let me just give you an example. This past weekend, I submitted an offer for one of my buyers and it was, uh, we competed with 36 other offers on a property. Nice. And that's just nuts. That's like totally Looney Tunes. But just to just keep in mind like, hey, this is like, that's just the state of the market. And if you can find an expert that just knows the ins and outs of where you're dealing with, it's going to be so amazing. So yeah, it's going to make the difference between you getting a house and you not getting a house. Um, another thing, this is kind of an extra credit item uh, when it comes to selecting your, your servicers and your, your, your agents, your lenders. If your agent and lender have a relationship or have, they, they don't even have to be like the preferred lenders they've worked with, you know, like that work with each other. But as long as like they've, they've closed some transactions before right. or have some experience with each other, that is like super extra credit if they can vibe and they can, they themselves have some chemistry as right. well. That could be super helpful to your transaction mm-hmm. as well. A little because, less friction. Because believe it or not, not everything the buyer sees, like, you know, yeah, the buyer, there's a lot of stuff they see going on during the transaction. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on, paperwork and escrow, things going right. on. So if they can click, that's going to definitely help too. So uh, something I would say, I would recommend before, you know, taking your agent out to look at properties would be definitely previewing neighborhoods. Making, especially if you're not familiar with the area mm-hmm. and you want to know, hey, this is... Because every city has its own little nooks and crannies. Right. And just knowing what neighborhoods you like, what areas you definitely care for. Right. Because what you see on um, the properties on the multiple listing services, you see the beautiful professional photography, but you don't get to see the communities they're in. Mm-hmm. And so like something may look gorgeous online and then you go <laughs> and it's just not the right Surprise. community for you. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to kind of preview communities and see how you feel about it. Maybe even talk to someone who's washing their car, mm-hmm. see how they feel. And then you can say, you know what, Ryan, I really need to be in Sundance. And can you make that happen? Totally. And now Ryan has a extreme focus on the area that you want to be in. And it's, it's just going to lead to a lot less guesswork. Yeah, and, and even going back to the whole the whole selecting an agent thing, another extra credit item I would recommend to your agent is, hey, can you fish for some off-market listings in this area? Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and, and you know, if you, if you have a good agent, they're going to be doing stuff like that. Yeah. It's only to their benefit, too, because they have the potential of getting a listing out of it as well yeah. and helping your buyer. Two birds with one stone. And it's fun. Like, <laughs> it's I, fun. It's like hunting. No, totally. If You have to enjoy it. It's so mm-hmm. much fun. Yeah. So something Katie actually this – is, this is a – a term Katie brought up and I love it. I think it's such an amazing way to put it, put into perspective, like the right, home right. selection process. You want to kind of dive yeah, in? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people think that, you know, their perfect house is out there and granted it is, but it may not be exactly what you think it like, is. Like putting right. on a wedding dress? Right. So like <laughs> for me personally, when I put on my wedding dress, this is, we're going off topic, but it wasn't like, 
oh, this is perfect. I feel emotional. It was like, well, this checks all my boxes and this works. Yeah. So like, don't get caught up in the dramatics of, oh, I just have to feel like it's perfect and it has to come to me. The warm and fuzzy. You know, you, hopefully there will be, but mm-hmm. just keep in mind, you know, the warm and fuzzy shouldn't be your determining factor. And really, um, buying and finding the right home is really a process of elimination not selection. So you're finding a lot of neighborhoods maybe that you don't like. You're finding that you don't really like two-story houses. And that kind of narrows down your search and helps you be able to select whatever home is within that criteria. Totally. And from the agent's perspective, I I see the first time I take you guys take a, a client out to see houses or maybe the second showing, those are to me some of the most critical time frames mm-hmm. because to me it's one thing to be in a property with a client they're pointing out certain aspects I can tell what's important to them what isn't Mm -hmm. um and and from there I can better cater our showings from there on so if let's say a client says hey let's go see this house and I know that house or I've I've previewed Mm -hmm. it or know that neighborhood I'll be like hey well I know that that house has this and I remember you didn't like that from the last showing we did and you're just you're saving your client time. You're right. narrow again. Process of elimination. You're getting you're getting mm-hmm. rid of properties that may not just fit the bill. Right. So, um, I would also say the next thing when you're sending properties to your agent, when whether it's your MLS portal they set up for you, if they have a personally branded app, right. some, whatever it may be, uh, whatever whatever they're sending your properties from, don't overload your agent. <laughs> And yourself, And yourself, totally. Yeah, because you can overload yourself easily, easily too. When I highly recommend when you're going out with showings with your agent, do like four or five houses at a time. Right. Don't do too many. You're just going to, like Katie said, overload yourself. Your agent's (laughs) going to love you. And it's just going to be crazy. It's going to be too much stuff going on. Right. So the idea of going to four to five houses, you know, you're there for maybe 15 minutes each. But really, it's just so exhausting because it's kind of an emotional, it's something that's emotional because you're trying to envision yourself in these homes and driving to and from all over town can be exhausting, especially if you have little ones. I like to bring snacks and waters just in case because I know I get cranky when I'm tired (laughs) so I understand. Um, But it can be very tiring. And if you're seeing 10 properties, it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth because you're like, I don't like any of these properties, blah, blah, blah. And it's not really that you don't like any of the properties. It's just that you're so tired. You're frustrated. You know, we want this to be a fun experience that doesn't leave you collapsed on the couch by the end of the day, you know. And so four to five is really the sweet spot. And it allows you to give a lot of feedback to your agent on what you liked and what you didn't like. I totally agree. And it can get, it can just be... To an extent, at the end of the day of showings, it can all be kind of even become a blur. Right, absolutely. It's like, wait, was that at the, the fourth house we saw or the eighth house? Mm-hmm. Like, wait, was it, which community was that one in? And also keep in mind that from the agent's perspective, it's even the more showings you have, the more difficult they are to schedule because guess what? Not every every seller wants to do like, oh yeah, just come on in and do... Right, you know, that's like, very unlikely. It's like you're like... When you're an agent and you're scheduling a showing, a lot of times you're dealing with like, oh, you can come here between like 11, 11.30 and not a minute after. And, right. Or, you, or else you have to come at 6 p.m. tonight. Yeah. And so your agent's trying to juggle that amongst all the showings, making sure that you're not driving across town two or three times just to, you know, a, a, you know accommodate for the seller who has mm-hmm. a busy schedule. Because right. 
in essence, these are these are three three parties trying to juggle the same schedule: right. the seller, the agent, and your buyers. Mm-hmm. And so it could get you know more fuzzy. <laughs> right, and and keep in mind too, if you have a set tour, a set list of appointments, and you see another home that has a for sale sign in its yard, uh, it's we are more than happy to try to facilitate a showing, but the likeliness of that actually happening goes down by like 60% due to the late notice. Mm-hmm. And by law, we have to give them like three to four hours notice. Mm-hmm. And if it's tenants, we have to provide 24 hour Correct. notice. So, you know, we're going to fight to get you in there. I've always like, I always ask like, you know, do you have any other showings we could sneak in with, but just know like, it's not a matter of us just calling, Hey, can we come see it right now? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, I made that call. It's not fun, but sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, but just so you guys, you know, don't get frustrated. I just kind of want you to understand that we will try our best to get you in there. But again, we're at the mercy of the seller. Correct. So, when it comes down to checking out properties, I think another important thing is to to pretty much, I guess, squeeze, squeeze in and, and kind of hone in and figure out which pro- which types of properties you mm-hmm. want. If it's new builds, you you know, I want a new construction home. If it's going to be a fixer upper, I want. Do I my is my situation accommodating for going into a house, throwing some money into it, and right. you know, fixing it up? That mm-hmm. may not the house may not be in the best condition. Another one is flips. That's more if you're home buying to sell, you know, investing, to investing yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's resale, and mm-hmm. that's your that's mm-hmm. mo- that's bulk of the market. Right. Um, I always I always tell um, my customer my clients with new builds if you're interested in a new build, let us know. We can pull information for you. We can call builders mm-hmm. and all the builders in a certain city. Um, we can narrow down things by lot size, square footage. Uh, how many stories, the location, the phase it's Amenities. in. Amenities. Oh, yeah. The yeah. phases are what gets you. Yeah. And another curveball that gets brought up. Yeah. Another curveball that gets brought up is, hey, well, I want to buy this house. But you know what? It's May. This time, it might not be ready to November. Right. And there may be 10 people in front of you waiting for the same house. Correct. So new builds, I highly recommend. A lot of people don't know. If you are interested in new build, go get an agent. Go get a buyer's agent and bring them with you to the new build. Have them sign in with you. Mm-hmm. They are there to represent you at no cost at no by the cost. way keep in mind that while when you go to a new build if you go solo and you're talking to one of their agents they're there they're there hired by the builder they're there to represent the builder's best interests it can only help you to have a buyer's agent there with you as well right and you know if they do have an in-house lender you're not obligated to use them mm-hmm. they will um so oftentimes i've seen like oh we'll give you three thousand dollars off closing costs but you know Usually, you guys understand that there's a give and take. So if it seems a little too good to be true, that's a good place for an, for you to have an agent and ask them, you know, is this a good deal? Because at the end of the day, your agent's going to represent you and not the builder. Correct. So just keep that in mind with new builds. <clears throat> and again, for for a more specialized local like insights, lean on your agent. They're going to be the ones that can really help you with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So with, with fixer-uppers, I always tell... Um, my clients say, yeah, these are the best ways to get, I guess, the best bang for your buck. And if you're willing to put in some work and some sweat equity. Yeah, absolutely. Make um, it your own. Totally. And when it comes into, when it comes with fixed rubbers, it, it's always a popular idea to like, hey, let's find a great neighborhood. Maybe not the best property, but let's, you know, jump, you know, jump into it and, you know, just put a little cash into it. Fix right. it up. Put in some new countertops, mm-hmm. fresh paint, things like that. If you're up for it, you're, you're definitely in for 
for I guess a more you financially leveraged situation on your on your behalf mm-hmm. you can definitely have some more freedom in regards to making things your own like hey we can you know I really want this color quartz countertops and you, right, and right. you can get that done and you know knock out that old what tile whatever whatever's in there now the paneled doors yeah. <laughs> the 70s totally totally and not not to say that you know any any regular resale house you would do not do upgrades but when i'm talking fixer upper i'm talking like you're you're coming in day one with like with a pink can and doing like, yeah doing you walk stuff. in that house and you're like oh like what's that smell a little stale in here that's okay <laughs> it just needs a little love so if you're open to it you're, you you have to be you and your significant other or your you know whoever's living there you have to be on the same page you have to be right. ready to take that on because it's, it's a project it is a project and know that it's not going to happen overnight it's going to take a little time mm-hmm. but if you're open to it you can there's definitely some equity to be made for you some some value to be increased for your property and right. I think ultimately at the end of the day you have a little more control over the upgrades and a little more control over what you want in the house right and the good news is if you have a great agent they should have some vendors and contractors who are available for you to use and they're mm-hmm. not going to rip you <clears throat> off or you know they're going to yeah. be pretty affordable mm-hmm. so so another type of house um flips so flips can flips are look like resale houses but they're investor owned they're selling them at, you know and when it comes to flips a lot of times they have you know all these you know upgrades there's fresh paint a new flooring, laminate flooring, you have new countertops, you walk in, they look very turnkey. Yeah. Um, just kind of ready to go. And it could be an old house, it could be built like 1930s, but it could be look super new inside. It could have shaker cabinetry, soft clothes, you know, mm-hmm. um, drawers, things like that. My thing to keep in mind when it comes to those is lean on your agent, specifically in the local area, local market, to know if, hey, do, do these flippers have a certain reputation? Do they have, right. are, they, are they good flippers? Because not all, guess what? Not all flips are created equal. And yeah. it's, you, yeah, you, the, the countertops might look shiny and nice, but yeah, once, you, once you go under the, the baseboards and see like, oh, you're, you know, this is leaking or that foundation's cracked or something right. like that, there's definitely some bigger ticket items that should always be, you know, looked at. And a good home inspector will help Right, you exactly. That. And that's something you're, you can lean on your agent for as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I guess my, my recommendation is, yeah, flips are nice, but just be do your due diligence. Yeah, do your exactly. due diligence on them always. Um, lastly, it's the bulk of the market resale. Um, and that's just pretty much, hey, you're buying a house that someone else is selling. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> and, it. Yeah. Just another family or whatever that may be. Um, that's going to be your bread and butter, um, bread and butter transactions. What I always recommend to my clients is if you're, when you're looking for, you know, you're looking in, a, in any resale property, actually any of these, I always recommend to get a home inspection. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you have a realtor and they're telling you not to get a home inspection. Um, it's a red flag. Kind of a big one. <laughs> like, yeah. And to me, it's a case of, yeah, you, there's going to be, there's going to be stuff that comes up on any property that needs little work or love. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's. I don't know, to say that, that to not get a home inspection just feels like negligent. Or yeah, to... I would use that word definitely because on the surface it could look great, but, you know, unless you get someone who's licensed to find def- defects in the property, you're, you're not going to know for sure. Mm-hmm. I agree. So 
when let's say we we found the perfect house, Katie. Right. I know. We found Ryan, it. Ryan, I want this house. Ugh, you can move by yourself. So if you want, if you finally found the house, you want to write an offer, Kitty, you kind of want to dive into the, the offer. Yeah, you know, um, okay, so congratulations. You finally Yay. selected a house through the process of elimination. You feel really good about it. You tell your agent, you know, I want to put an offer in. You have your pre-qualification letter from your lender, all nice and neat, ready to go. Um, your agent will write up an offer. Of course, these terms are going to be completely based on what you want and not what the agent wants. Um, so one thing to keep in mind is it's not always about price on the offer, which I know is shocking, but in today's market, it's extremely competitive. So you also want to make sure you're paying attention to the terms as well. Um, so let's say you get a full price, um, you're the seller and you get a full price offer. You're super stoked, 300,000. You're like, all right, let's, let's accept it. And your agent's like, hold on, like, let's make sure we look at all the terms. And under the terms, it could say, you know, um, it could say a uh, seller to provide $3,000 in closing costs. So basically subtract $3,000 from the offer and that's what you have. So it's incredibly important to pay attention to certain terms like um, days of escrow, closing costs, the inspections they're asking for, um, whether they're allowing you to use your own vendors or their own. And did I miss anything? No, I think I think that's a pretty good overview. Yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe we could do like a little role play real quick. Okay. So let's say you're uh, an agent. Okay. And I'm I'm you're the selling you're the listing agent, I'm the buying agent. Okay. I'm representing the buyer and I'm gonna give you the offer. All right. Um so Let's say I'm giving you a full price offer. Nice. And it is exactly the escrow length you wanted right. and the terms are good. Beautiful. You're going to? Accept it. And what are you gonna tell your seller? Yay. <laughs> well, actually, I'm gonna present it to my seller and say, hey Joe, how do you feel about this? Yeah, exactly. And then Joe's gonna say, you know what? I actually think that because we have two offers, we should counter them. So I'm Ooh, saying, oh there, Joe. There you go. <laughs> Let's counter them. So. Um, that's where a lot of the multiple offers comes into play. You will, that's where you will see the counters just because it was a little bit more competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's say Joe wants a counter. So what I will do is I will draft up a counter, uh, with the terms that Joe is approved of and I will submit it to Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I will, and I will go to my buyer client and say, Hey, these are the terms Joe wants. He wants uh, $10,000 more and he Good wants job. a short, a shorter escrow period. Can mm-hmm. we accommodate that? Mm-hmm. And we, you know, it's talking to your buyer, talking to your lender, making sure the loan can get done in a set amount of time. Right. Again, communication, making sure mm-hmm. everyone's on the same page. Absolutely. And from there, decide whether or not you want to, um, you're going to be, you know, recountering or just accepting the terms there. Right. So back to our, our role play. Let's say you're selling a house at half a million dollars. Yep. And I've got my buyer client mm-hmm. and we submit an offer at $200,000. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give that to you. What's oh, going to well, happen? Thank you, first of all. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'm going to present it to my seller mm. and I'm going to say, you know what? I'm at liberty to disclose. We got an offer. <laughs> um, it's for $300,000 under what mm. we're asking. So, Joe, what would you like to do? And I would hope that Joe would decline the offer. Yes, correct. Yes. And so, from what, I, what I'm getting at from the buyer's perspective is, if you lowball an offer, it's not going to go right. It's not going to go well, especially if you're just kind of trying to if you're trying to poke the fire with a stick and just see what what the agent will budge on. Obviously, three hundred thousand dollars is an extreme example. Yes, but lean lean on your agent on what 
price point may offend someone. Because mm-hmm. um, that happens. Bl- believe it or not, it does happen. It happens a lot more often than you think, even in the market we're in right yes. now, which is a very strong, strong mm-hmm. seller's market. So keep that in mind. Um, don't lowball people. Yeah, <laughs> it's... I'm Honestly, your agent's going to try to get you the best deal anyways, and it depends on a lot of variables. Um, if you are looking to come under list price, what you can look at is how long has it been on the market. You can talk to the agent about the activity on showings. That takes a little bit of digging, but mm-hmm. it is very possible. But a new market or a new listing fresh off the market, low bottom, it's you're not going to get a good reaction. Correct. And again, lean on your agent. Mm-hmm. Um, lean on an awesome agent. If you have an awesome agent, they'll be able to guide you. Like, right, and advise you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so get Katie and she'll help you. <laughs> Absolutely. Best deal, best price, best timeline possible. Right now. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, so, it gets accepted. Yeah, now, now what happens? I don't know, Katie. What does happen? <laughs> we go into escrow. Escrow, yay. What's yes. escrow? And so, escrow, we did go over this in our last podcast, but you know what? We could do an entire podcast on yes. escrow completely. So, escrow is a neutral third party that facilitates a transaction. So... The buyer's agent gives them their information. The sell, the listing agent gives them their information. Escrow basically says, okay, we're going to play nice and I'm going to make sure no one, you know, we're staying fair and just kind of the middleman or mm-hmm. woman. You know? Totally. I always like to uh, explain escrow is that the big pot and the, yep. the, the buyer's throwing their ingredients in, the seller's throwing their ingredients in, and you're making a big giant beef stew, right. veggie stew if you're into that. Hopefully and there's no beef in escrow. <laughs> that could lead to problems. Wow. Had to go there. Wow. So, anywho, the, the goal with escrow is that, you know, this is giant stew. You're mixing it all up. And at the end of the day, the, the buyer's going to get this keys and the keys of the house and the seller's going to get their money. Everyone's going to get what they want. Exactly. So, just going to do a quick, super brief run through escrow. This is very skeletal, very, very brief. Um, lean on your agent if you want more information on what the heck escrow is. Right. But we're gonna just going to, like, run through it real quick. Typical transaction cookie cutter transaction within the first three days you're submitting a deposit for your your mm-hmm. house your deposit is typically one percent of the purchase price right. your agent can advise you if it should be more or less than that um so within the first three days escrow is getting that that's your earnest money deposit that's your goodwill as your buyer that hey i am serious about this transaction right. to the seller and it's a way and technically escrow isn't really open until the deposit's in there Mm-hmm. So EMD is also abbreviation EMD for earnest money deposit. Um, after that, you have your um, during the escrow period, you do have your contingency periods. You have a period to do your inspection, typically seventeen days. You have an appraisal, seventeen days. You have your loan contingency, twenty-one days. So within those time frames, like the physical inspection contingency, that's when you're getting your home inspection done. Right. If you find something funky in the plumbing, that's when you're getting a plumbing contractor to come out and check that mm-hmm. out. This is the time for you to like wash your hands of blood and find out the ins and outs of your house. What right. you care about, what you want to make sure is in good order. If it's the roof, if it's the foundation, if it's scoping the lateral, making sure there's no roots in the plumbing, like right. whatever it may be, this is your time frame to do it. Right. From there, um, you also have your appraisal contingency. That's 17 days. That's going to be making sure your your lender's going to order an appraisal mm-hmm. on the property to make right. sure it's at value. Uh, basically, to in a Cliff Notes version, appraiser comes out, they do their inspection on the property, they measure the square footage, they look at the comps, they determine a price, and they determine a value or a value, excuse me, not a price. Right. 
the determinate value for the property, give it, provide it to the lender and you and the buyer. And, right. Um, that's pretty much your, like, your basis of, it, it, the basis for the lenders, like, does it, is the purchase price in range with the value of right, the property? Right, right. They're making sure that their investment in the property is sound. Correct. Yeah. And if there's any ever any issues with that, lean on your that's agent. That can podcast. be another podcast. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, so there's that, and then 21 days loan approval on your typical pro- on typical transaction. Mm-hmm. So basically, within 21 days, your lender should be saying, "Hey, we're good to go. This is wrapping up." Like right. like the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted. There, we're good to go as far as the lend- lending the money goes. There's no surprise uh, credit issues or right. things with exactly. you. Oh and my gosh, let me mention it now. Don't ma- while you're in escrow, don't max out your credit cards. Don't <laughs> buy a car. Right. Don't buy anything big. Yeah. Exactly. And if you have questions, ask your lender because they'll say, you know what, go ahead. Or, you know what, actually, let's hold off until after escrow. When, when I bought our house in 2015, mm-hmm. the underwriter said, why did you spend so much money on food this month? <gasps> I am not joking. Oh, <laughs> my not. gosh. They're looking through my bank statements. They're like, why did you? <laughs> yeah. That would be me, honestly. No, they're really. Like, but, really? Lululemon? But really? that's also a crazy underwriter. That's different funny. Story. Different story oh, my for God. Why day. did you spend so much money? We wanted KFC. I can relate to that on a spiritual level. Oh my god! We wanted KFC. Um, so you know, when you're buying a house, expect that your lender is just going to ask you for a lot of paperwork. And yes, it is a pain in the butt, but they it needs to happen in order for the loan to fund. Mm-hmm. So just cooperate with them and try your best. Remember, they are grinding to get this approved within 21 days. Correct. So the more cooperative you are, the smoother it's going to go. And also lean on your lender for any potential ways to give them the information they need prior. Yeah. Give them what they, you know, if, if there if they're certain like income verification documents they need, uh, tax returns. If you need to get that stuff even all in before you submit mm-hmm. offers, right. it's only going to make the loan process easier. It's less hoops to jump through while there's a time. There's Absolutely. a time wrong. Absolutely, and you'll feel a little bit more calm during mm-hmm. escrow. Um, and then we wanted to remind you guys that although we do have um, a certain amount of days that escrow is escrow, um, it's the close date is always going to be moving target. It's never 100% guaranteed because there's mm-hmm. a million and two things that can change the courses of time in escrow so keep in mind you know hey we're aiming for the 17th of june we're going to try everything on our power to make it happen um it may happen a few days after it Mm -hmm. may happen a few days before if everyone's ready so just keep that in mind uh i know it does make it a little bit more stressful with the moving but just be in communication uh, with your agents, they'll be in communication with the listing agent, so everyone will be on the same page. Yeah, and then at the you know at the end of the day, once the loan is the the lender is going to fund the money to the to escrow, they're going to or yeah wire the money, fund the money to escrow. Um, you'll be putting in your the rest of your down payment balance, right? And then when it's all said and done, escrow will be it'll it's going to get recorded through title, and right. so your house will be changed from. Joe seller to Joe buyer. Right, exactly. And then that's it. That you have your house. Congratulations. Yeah, you guys purchased your first, second, twelfth home. Twelfth home. Yeah. Wow, how many houses? Inve- investors. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was a really like very good cliff notes run through of the home buying process. Again, if you ever have any more questions, feel free to reach out to us. Right. Um, hit out, hit us up on our social channels. On hit me up on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter at Ryan Realty Pro. 
He's, he did it all the same, which is extremely intelligent. Um, <laughs> Facebook is BHHS, Realtor, and then KT, and then Instagram is at KT.Realtor. What does KT stand for? Katie. Oh, I thought I was going to say be kangaroos and turtles. No. Not anymore? Not today. Oh, wow. Sad. Anywho, um, thanks you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, keep a lookout for our, our next podcast. That should be some more fun, intuitive stuff coming up. Absolutely. We're trying to keep you guys really up to date with the whole process of both buying and selling. Um, we're trying to keep you just as educated as possible and trying to make it a little bit fun. Because uh, we know this process isn't necessarily the sexiest, but mm. we're, we're, we're here to reduce friction and make it as fun as possible. Absolutely. So feel free to reach out. Thanks you guys for listening, and talk to you soon. Bye.